0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 73, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-host, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Um, You know, I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired today. I've streamed every single day for quite a bit since the expansion dropped. is my first day off in a while, so uh, I'm looking forward to that, getting caught up on uh, IRL things. But, um, you know, for the most part, I've been enjoying... and influx of new cards when I've managed to queue into them on ladder but um, I've been playing quite a lot of them myself and enjoying them
2: yeah I'm uh, I'm doing all right I'm also very very tired I have a new member of the family have a puppy uh which we got just under a week ago um so haven't actually played as much Hearthstone or streamed as much as I normally would have but yeah I've had a really good time with all the new cards and uh yeah just kind of exhausted <laughs> for the past few days
0: very much in the same boat. Uh, playing and streaming a ton. Even if, like Ruffle said, not queuing into a ton of new cards. I've actually just been enjoying playing the new cards. And I think I've streamed more this week than I had in, like, the previous two weeks combined. In the span of, like, three or four days, which was pretty awesome. And I'm, like, actually enjoying it, which is awesome. So... We're going to talk about all of the new cards and decks and everything like that, uh, but before we hop into it, we uh, we do have to take care of some housekeeping stuff, so first things first, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff, all we ask is you leave a like, comment, and subscribe. It's a small thing, but it does actually support us a ton.
1: And if you'd like to support the podcast a little bit more, you could always become a patron over at patreon.com slash thestateofwild, and you get some uh, pretty cool perks as well. And, of course, you can always
2: come join at the State of the Wild Discord server. Uh, come talk to all people of the community about all things Hearthstone and uh, Wild. Yep.
0: All right. Let's hop into uh, let's hop into it. Let's talk about the, the brand-new decks that have popped up from Alterac Valley. And we have to start with the big one. Uh, we have to talk about Free Shaman. Coming into this expansion, we were super excited about Sleepbreaker and Windchill specifically, but I think we all overlooked or slept on um maybe the best free shaman card uh, that came out of this expansion uh and that is snowfall guardian the five mana three three freeze all enemy or all minions and then gain stats equal to how many minions you froze and so basically what this has resulted in is a combo-y style of shaman um where basically you permanently freeze the board four or five straight turns and eventually you get there with Thirteen, thirteen, snowfall guardians, or fifteen, fifteen macaws, or sometimes a forty-five, forty-five shadowwalk shaman, and, and to top it all off, you also have a wind fury if you need it. Uh, that are now being tacked into builds. So, so yeah, kind of came out of nowhere, right? This is not where we were kind of expecting free shaman archetypes to go. Um, we were, I know, theory crafting. we were really hyped about like the galacron shaman builds or reno shaman builds, and here we are with this like comboy. Never let the opponent do anything related to the board. Style of deck, um, and it seems really freaking good, really good, uh, especially into some of the best decks in, at the top of the metagame and stuff like pirate warriors and all the warlock decks. Uh, so yeah, free shaman, it's here. Time will tell if it's here to stay because they do have that regularly scheduled balance patch that they always do after brand new expansion. I know nothing about what's going on in standards, so I, I can't say anything. Uh, but I am super hype about free shaman, uh, just because brand new deck that's super powerful. I mean, we always ask for change when it comes for expansions and it looks like that's what we got here in Free Shaman.
1: Yeah, Snowfall Garden is an interesting card. Like it's um believe it or not, this is a card that is actually pretty high on uh going into the expansion. Um not as like a win condition. I thought it was just like, hey, like Frost Nova is good. Why not put it on a body that you can then repeat with Shutterwalk? I thought it was going to be a control tool. I thought um and then w- what ended up happening is i saw a bunch of lists floating around that were cutting it, and i'm like am i the idiot and then it was like my 29th and 30th card and i'm like okay i'll put in baron and Shira Murabi as well and um that's where i landed on the list i always thought that the the galakron never really made sense in the list to me because it just seemed like maybe too many layers and too many things that you were trying to do you're running like um at least four bad cards in order to use invocation of frost, basically, is what it seemed like, um, and I think that windchill just seems better. Um, so I was thinking of more just like uh, you get the layers from Baron Geddon or Baron Glacier or whatever his name is, um, but yeah, I didn't think of the the Snowfall Guardian as like this is your this is your game closing. Uh, card, especially like you mentioned Wind Fury. It's not just Wind Fury, like there's Wind Fury Zentimo shenanigans going on because you can you can chain your snowfall guardians, you can use the Macaw like you talked about, and then like slap a Zentimo and Wind Fury on, and they're both bashing the opponent in the face twice. So it's like Yeah, that's not where I expected Free Shaman to be. I thought it was going to be a you know slow control deck uh that like kind of just grinds out the opponent and locks them out until they're dead. Um, but yeah, it seems very good, especially in the Pirate Warrior. The thing about Pirate Warrior is, um, it does need to attack sometimes, and, like, the, the Jigger Not cannon shots aren't very good if you just have piles of stats on board either because they're not hitting you in the face turn after turn. Um, so that seems good. I would say that, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's got the novelty Effect going right now where it's interesting because it's new. I could very much see this, if it is as strong as it appears to be, being something that, um, you know, the community like turns their sights on down the line. Um, You know, somebody in my Twitch chat after I, you know, expressed frustration after, you know, not being able to attack for three straight trains said, well, at least it's uh, an interactive deck. But no, no, the the fun and interactive meme came from freeze mage, I believe because it wasn't fun nor interactive to have your board frozen turn after turn players, maybe forget this, but like that was, that was something I, I liked freeze mage. I didn't mind playing against it all that much uh, either, but like it was a uniquely frustrating experience to just not to have a big board and not be able to do anything with it. So uh, the return of that might be nostalgic for some and also novel for others, but like, I think it gets old kind of quickly. But that said, as somebody who's playing in the uh, the Diamond or was playing in the Diamond 5 to, to one band for quite a while and seeing a lot of pirate warriors, I mean, you know, the lesser evil is, is maybe the deck that's beating Pirate Warrior right now for me because of the popularity and prevalence of Pirate Warrior. If we see those uh, popularities flip, that might that might change. And we have kind of already seen those popularities flip in very
2: dramatic ways, at at least in the ranks that I'm playing at. I'm playing at, um, you know, since the expansion, kind of at the more tippy top of Legend. Um, And I can say Shaman is the definer, like Shaman is everything. Shaman is what is sort of pushing certain decks out of the meta. It's kind of what the majority of players are using as the most popular class at Legend, um, and at Legend as a whole uh very recently and it's even more popular at highest ranks so yeah like Rafa was saying the um the direction where we ended up with this specific list i didn't see coming like i i didn't think that the guardian was gonna be good enough i kind of looked at it and i was like oh so you know it's like varden but it's a matter extra and like how many minions are really on a board on average really like ah oh, somewhere between you know one to two to three like it's not really that good it's not really good into odd hunter um, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it made a lot of sense to me. Um, no, it turns out it, it's just absolutely busted. It is the best card in the deck, probably outside the Murloc Wombo combo, and it is all you need. Um, like Meowth said, Wind Fury is now becoming a very common inclusion. I'm at the point where I'm playing two. A lot of other players are playing two copies of Wind Fury as well. It works really well with Zentimo for some insanity. And yeah. Um, I felt very comfortable that I thought Shaman was going to have a tier one deck. I think that was the hot prediction I made before the expansion dropped. Um, I didn't think it would be this deck <laughs> at all, but yeah, it's it's very, very good uh, so far.
0: Yeah, I was very much in the in the boat of, well, I think this card's, it's Varden, right, is what it was. It's a five minute Varden, but it also freezes your own stuff. So when you're playing Shutterwalk, it's going to freeze your 8-8s, it's going to freeze your 3-4s, it's going to freeze the Shutterwalks that you summon... And I, like, forgot that you, you don't really need those if your shuttle walk becomes a 50-50 that freezes the board that you can then kill people with with the wind fury Like, I kind of completely glossed over that, and so I was like, yeah, we, we don't need the, the Snowfall Guardian. Turns out, a 5-man to 15-15 that freezes your board is, is pretty strong. I will say, I don't think it would be nearly as powerful or annoying if it wasn't for uh the Macaws. Like, the fact that starting on turn 5, you just get permanently locked out of the game Kind of from like if you're playing any board based deck, you just get locked out of the game starting on turn five, which is kind of gross.
2: I watched a game you play against an aggro druid where you froze the opponent's board every single turn from turns three until turns nine, and then the aggro druid blew up. Like, (laughs) whether it was like and uh, Windchills or just replaying that Guardian over and over and over, they could not do anything um and i'm sure they uninstalled very very quickly i honestly
0: i i empathize with them because it was it was really gross like i don't know living dragon breath for those of you guys that are like looking to maybe beat this deck if you're in legend and seeing a lot of these i think living dragon breath uh it's a three mana, three four elemental your minions can't be frozen so their wind chill guardian or snowfall guardian will get stats but it won't freeze your minions so then you get to still hit the face um, I think Weblords are a, a pretty strong inclusion that should be run in a lot of aggro decks. Maybe not your Pirate Warriors, because it turns off your entire deck, but if you're playing Paladin decks or you're playing I don't even know Agri- what druid. other aggro druid. Um yep. you probably should be running Weblords just because similar to Pirate Warrior, a lot of that deck relies on those really, really powerful battle cries. Um But I mean that being said I, I am very much on the board of this is novel. This is a powerful deck. It is shaking up the meta, and that's what people always ask for. I, I don't think people understand that when they ask for a shake up at the top of the you know, the power rankings, it usually comes with a deck that is also doing super degenerate stuff. And I think people are gonna get really, really sick of this really, really quickly. Um, and I'm excited to come back in a week and just catalog all the complaining from our Twitch chats about how much they hate this Shaman deck because I'm sure it's gonna start happening soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, people just generally don't like losing. Decks that are good win a lot. That's Mm -hmm. why they're good. And so, like, as they start winning a lot too, they become more popular. And that also kind of, you know, frustrates the community as well because uh, repetition comes there. But yeah, there there are consequences to either new decks being introduced or old decks being nerfed. I mean, part of how we got to the Pirate Warrior Odd Hunter dominance is we lost uh, Seedlock, which I think was a good thing for the format. But we had, you know, we had the Hydra issue where two more decks <laughs> sprung up from the uh, the death of, uh, of of Seedlock. So, that, like, yeah, there are always consequences to uh, changes in the metagame that aren't just like, okay, new deck, good now. It's you know, it's it's more than that. Like, um, the the consequences of the Seedlock ban aren't just that Pirate Warrior and Odd Hunter, are and Evenlock are the you know three best decks right now. It's that the you know everything below that uh, has the consequences of those being the three decks so it's like it, it, yeah there's there's a larger picture than just the uh, the top deck or the top three decks even
0: yeah all right let's talk about let's talk about how to maybe beat free shaman here because it is i think going to very quickly become the new big bad of the format that people are going to see a lot and they're going to want to beat so outside of maybe just like living dragon breath or, or web lords so Free Shaman preys on these board-based decks, specifically Pirate Warrior, that is super popular. I know, Raffle, you said you were queuing 25% Pirate Warrior uh, this week, which is kind of gross, but uh, it also preys on all the the board-based Warlock decks. Uh, I'm assuming Reno decks don't really have a great time against this. And so I think if you're looking to beat it, you're looking for decks that play off-board, right? You're looking at decks like yep. Odd Hunter, you're looking at uh, Ignite Mage, because I-, I don't know if APM Damn. does well, because they have Dirty Rats, but maybe ignite mage, maybe I know, out to Martian, we'll talk about this in a second here, but Martian's been playing a lot of combo druid uh, without any actual minions, so we'll talk about it in a second um, I and mean, maybe even just stuff like Reno Priest coming back I know I saw uh, like like I, I'm i hesitant on this, but I have some, seen some people tweeting out about Reno Priest and just like Raza and doing them because they can't freeze your board because you don't really care about it, right? And you actually have a ton of removal install for the Snowfall Guardians, which is maybe a little bit intriguing, but basically you're looking to play uh, off board. Uh, I mean, you've you've played it the most, I'm assuming, Corbett, and you've probably played against it the most. What have you found are the best counters to the deck right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're dead on when it comes to board is off limits. Like, we are not going to be able to punch the opponent in the face. Uh, you will get frozen and you will cry. Um, so basically what we're really looking for are, are just aggressive decks with reach. Um, or just anything that can go over the top so odd hunter right now um, As it always is it's odd hunter. It's always good into the other good decks I don't know why this always happens, but it just is so odd hunter is a really good counter um, into the the Shaman, um, I think if you're looking for something that isn't just odd hunter, which is kind of the clear obvious one right now Something like even hunter is something that I've been playing which has been pretty successful for me um because, you know, you do get some of the early snowballing and then you have a ton of reach at the top. Um, there isn't actually that much healing in the uh, Shaman deck. You know, they have the vendors, but that's kind of it right now. Um, and it can be pretty disruptive. Uh, so, Even hunters is a, a good option. Um, I really don't think Ignite Mage or mm. <laughs> APM Mage are really strong counters. I think APM Mage probably... I don't know if it outright loses that matchup. I would say it's unfavored. I would say it's unfavored into Shaman just because of the amount of disruption that we're seeing. We're seeing, you know, so many rats and cult neophytes and lothabs and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And um, that can make things very, very difficult for the mage decks. But yeah, that's the general direction that you want to be heading in. I think Reno Priest is a really interesting call out. I do worry about, you know, lothab and the ability to keep replaying lothab. And it's kind of just what makes the Shaman deck so strong, right? Is that it's very, very good into board-based decks but the ability to play Cult uh, Cult Nephi at Lothap and then keep rechaining those effects over and over makes it very, very good against anything that's too spell dependent. So, I mean, right now, like I'm saying, it really does seem like Odd Hunter is sort of the best option, but hey, maybe we could even see something like the return of Secret Mage, which can have some early game pressure, be disruptive, and then Fireball people to death or Cloud Prince people, um, when you kind of don't have the Ability to push damage with your minions. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting um, to see exactly where the meta leads with Shaman as one of the new top dogs.
1: Yeah, two things I wanted to highlight that uh, Corb pointed out um, that when Meowth was uh, bringing this up uh, came to mind. Like I think that Reno Mage is a little, am- or Reno Priest rather, is a little ambitious considering uh, the capacity to like loath getting online before Anduin um, could be a problem because especially. As Corp said, um, you know chaining Lotheb is going to make it hard for them to, to combo. And by the time they get into and down, um, you're probably getting the free shaman's probably getting Shatterwalk down, which is going to repeat those Lotheb effects and make it a little bit difficult. The deck does have a lot of draw with the Zentima Windchills and all that n- uh, nonsense now. So it, like it's you know while it's developing a board, it's kind of churning through its deck about as quickly as Reno Priest is. So I don't I don't know how reliable that is, especially as the decks become more refined. Um, Similarly, I, you know when you, when you mentioned a uh, strong early game start with Reach Over the Top, Secret Mage was where my mind went. Uh, the potential problem I see with that is um, kind of like what happened with Dark Lair. Uh, Secret Mage kind of gets caught in the collateral damage of the tech cards for Freeze Shaman. So it struggles against a Web Lord um, mm. it, just because like a, a lot of its important minions are battle cries. Um, so if we start seeing... Anti-free shaman aggro, like um, you know, some of the decks that I'm sure we'll talk about. You shout, shouted out uh, aggro druid and tax paladin running weblords. If we start seeing those, that's going to be a problem for secret mage as well. So, um, you know, in that one-on-one matchup, uh, you know, the secret mage might have a decent chance uh, because you know Lothab only hits a handful of cards in reality. In that um, neophyte, maybe slows you down a turn. Um, so that might be a good matchup, but as we discussed, the, the metagame isn't just the best deck. There there, you know, are consequences to um some of the decks that are looking to beat uh, that best deck as as well. There's a tri- there's like a ripple effect uh that might remain unkind to Secret Mage. All
0: right. I mean, let's talk about maybe what's been found to be the most consistent counter. Um, and that's coming from Martian Boo. So this is another wild streamer. He's been on the podcast a couple times already. Um but basically he is playing Combo Druid, right? Good old good old Combo Druid with a huge exception slash twist. There's no Celestial Alignment uh in these decks. It is a deck that revolves around uh the new Gulf Hero card and uh Cthun the Shattered, which is never a you know, combination of cards that I thought would you know come together to be a super viable strategy in our format. No celestial alignment and Cthune the Shattered. It's absolutely crazy. But basically the deck runs no minions outside of Fargoth and one five ten. So there are no, you know, fifteen fifteen 15 Snowfall Guardians. Um, Lothubs and, and Colt Neophytes do hurt a little bit, but that deck is punch, uh, packing a ton of removal, right? There's a bunch of Spellstones and, and Poison Seeds and everything like that. So, the deck, basically you get to 20 mana. You, you play your 5 mana last C'Thun piece, and then you Moonlit Guidance into the C'Thun and immediately play it to deal 30 damage. And then if you need another 30, you get another Kathoon because of the Moonlight Guidance effect. So you, you get two of them. But but yeah, I don't know. I want to say it's a fluke, but Martian is like popping off with the deck. He's climbed all the way to top 100 legend. Other people are now picking up the deck and climbing two legend and high legend with it. So, I mean, this Cthune Druid without Celestial alignment, I guess I should specify Cthune the Shattered Druid without Celestial alignment. I mean, <laughs> how are we feeling about this deck?
1: I haven't played it yet, but I'm a little skeptical
0: um like
1: how do we how how do we feel about just like playing alignment druid in that like yeah lotheb is a pain but like is there any reason other than lotheb and cult neophytes not to just run alignment druid um i i I, i'm legitimately asking i don't know like uh it's it's good to see people experimenting and like actually trying to to counter good decks that uh crop up and uh you know, I'm personally excited to play the Cthulhu Druid because, like, the one of the frustrating things about playing Cthulhu Druid most of the time is like you don't ever find the Cthulhu, but the the Moonlit Guidance in 20 mana is kind of a a cute way to um, to you know avoid that or contest that. So, I'm curious to try it, but I I don't know. I haven't run into the deck myself, so I don't I don't know that it's the real deal. Um, Martian's pretty five head, so it could just be him. You, you know. Taking the deck uh, into good matchups and playing it, piloting it really well. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, the um, the nice thing about this list uh, is that it's not ratable, basically. So like you can't actually write any of the combat pieces because you don't get your Cthulhu until uh, the very end of the game. Um, so that's a kind of a big benefit to something like this. Um, you also open up a ton of deck slots, uh, card slots, basically. So you kind of have the you have the ability to run like double seeds. Um, which, you know, can be a struggle to fit into a uh, normal alignment druid. Um, I think this is a very interesting list. Uh, i played against him a few times on it, and I've actually been pretty impressed. Um, that might have been because he keeps vargoth me on turn 3 and 4, <laughs> which, is, which is always quite good. But, uh, apart from that, like, it, it's starting to pop up on things like HS Replay, it's still, like, very low sample, but it does look pretty decent right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, the way to build a combo druid without having any potential to get Rat ratted, um, is pretty interesting, because it's also probably a little bit better into the low-thab effects, um, just because if you ever do cast the alignment, the low-thab kind of completely negates you, uh, and you can kind of just lose on the spot like that, whereas I suppose without actually committing to the alignment, you probably have a little bit more wiggle room, um, in terms of being able to not, well, in terms of being able to actually play something, um, and have uh, you know some some counter and some recovery like that. So I don't know. I played it against it a few times. It seems pretty solid. And yeah, Ruffle, you should you should definitely try this deck. It's been good.
0: I mean, you don't really care about Loth of Effect because you have twenty mana, so you get to play play the spell anyway. Right? Yeah.
2: yeah, it's not a
1: death sentence. Like you can yeah. do something sometimes. So, so, Getting yeah. to get into twenty mana does take time. This isn't something that just happens immediately when you play the card.
0: <laughs> well, I thought that's what the battle cry right? That's why people were freaking out about it, right? Come on. That's you wouldn't believe how many people still believe that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean the deck looks like it's really good. I've played against it a bunch. Like I queue into Martian a ton. It it does the control Druid thing, right? With, with seeds and plague and a crap ton of draw and a crap ton of armor, and you just like it, it feels very similar to the Free Shaman, where like you just kind of run out of steam and, and you can't ever get there against the the spreading plagues. When especially when they play like three of them. Or, like, three copies of Poison Seeds, and it's kind of gross. Um, but, yeah, the, the deck feels like it has a ton of potential. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to, to play it myself some more. Um, I mean, I'm just happy that, like, Celestial Alignment is not seeing play in it, because that's one of my least favorite cards in the format. And so if this deck is actually successful, that's going to be pretty exciting for me, at least. Um, and then one last combo deck that I do want to highlight here uh, before we move on. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Mechathune Warlock, because this is... You know, a conversation that's been popping up a little bit on Twitter, um, specifically around the use of, what is it called? Tamsin's Phylactery. So this is a card that's seeing a lot of, you know, play in standard in that Owl OTK deck, uh, and apparently in Wild 2, according to Raffle's YouTube comments, um, but I I know Rotted Zombie and Swag and a couple of, uh, other players on Twitter have been talking a lot about, uh, it just being a powerful tool in just regular Magathune Warlock, um, so, Mechathune Warlock has seen a lot of hits, right? We're now resorting to a Vol'jin combo because we had Kalthos hit and a bunch of other cards. Um, but using that Tamsin's Phylactery as, like, rat protection, uh, if your Mechathune does get ratted, uh, or even just using it as, like, you know, Mistress of Mixtures for a massive heal because you don't get to play Reno anymore in your deck. I, I don't know if you guys have played against this a ton, um, but what are your thoughts, at least, on Phylactery and Mechathune Warlock?
1: So, I think it. Uh, I, I say this as somebody who hasn't played the deck, but has played essentially twenty-eight cards the the same deck, maybe even twenty-nine in uh, playing uh, the Al-T-K owl tk. Nailed it. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Great <laughs> name. Best try. Yeah. 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 Um. So uh, I mean, it's it's essentially the same deck. You play a lot of early game minions. You a lot of card draw. You you draw rod on four. You win a lot of games, as my experience. Um and um, then you just kind of end the game with a combo. I don't think it matters all that much what the combo is, whether it's Mechathune or the Owl. Uh, both are, especially in the Mechathune deck, if you're running uh, Phylactery, you're pretty unratable regardless of uh, what you're doing. So I think the combos are, it's, it's almost like the, uh, the the Tog-Mechathune conversation. As long as you're ending the game, um, or Tog-Maligo's conversation with Druid, like I don't think it matters what your combo is, I think that like it's 28 cards the same. Those 28 cards are really good at a Pirate Warrior. It has been my experience, so it's not just a free in consideration. Um, I don't. I don't think I lost a game against Pirate Warrior, and um, you know, as mentioned, I was queuing into about 25% of them. Uh, a big part of that is just the um, the sheer amount of removal. I think people <laughs> maybe haven't played a, a deck. Like, because Megathune has been gone for a while I haven't played a deck like this since we've gotten things like touch of the natherism and uh, some of the other early game drops in addition to um, the cost reduction from uh, rod really makes a difference for squeezing in that um, the that removal you still have plague of flames which is still a good card and still takes care of those uh, 15 15 snowfall guardians so I like it, it it's got the tools to be relevant, I think. Um, and um, I think a big boon to this deck was also uh, the new Tamsin Hero card. This is where we could start seeing that fit in. It may not be too nice in a Mechathune deck, but like um, the Imps get cleared out of your board anyway, and then you, like if you're running the Flactory you can just use that. So like emptying your deck isn't a problem <laughs> with, uh, with Tamsin. She gets you there because she draws three cards. She is a mini UI, and it's disgusting um, with a board clear. So yeah, there were, there were games where I just, like, I played Tamsin on five and just won the game against Pirate Warrior after that. Like, I could have just passed a few turns after that. She was so strong that, like, um, it, it it didn't matter. So, I think the... It was one of those situations... I, I, I was reminded of uh, Dog playing Quest Rogue uh, on day one of uh, the Un'Goro expansion, where he just kept winning games and just kept saying... That, yeah this deck's terrible this can't be and it just kept winning that's how i felt like i i was just like this deck is just a pile of cards mostly removal and some garbage minions how do i keep winning how do i like it can't be real and i like i finished with a pretty strong record despite a suboptimal uh combo if we're being honest because i don't think that the owl is going to be better than uh Macathune. so it's just like yeah it's it's potentially real
2: yeah, the, uh, the hype that you're talking about, I've seen rumblings of this, but I actually haven't played against a single, like, Mechathun deck, as far as I can tell. Um, so, I don't know. I, I will say I, I'm pretty skeptical. Like, I know that Tamsin's really, really good. Um, and it's probably, like, very good in this uh, type of list. I just don't know if that's going to be enough to, um, like, push it that far. Like, I, I have to imagine the old Hunter matchup. Like border, I got twenty five percent, or like something kind of rough. But like I said, I haven't really played against it at all. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see where the chips land.
0: Yeah, I I do think in theory though that Tamsin's phylactery. Let's ignore the Odd Hunter matchup because I agree with you that matchup seems absolutely miserable. But Gank. the the rumblings were basically like using Tamsin's phylactery as wrap protection as well as Arena Jackson basically with the Mistress of Mixtures, which is very intriguing to me and. Like, yeah. because of the having to shift to the Vol'jin package, you don't get to run Hemets anymore, you don't get to run Reno, you don't get to run Zeph because you're just a lot slower, because they nerfed the Kael'thas and or the Blood Um And so, while I don't know if Mecha will become, like, a strong meta choice, I do think that they are right in that that Phylactery combo... Um, is probably really crucial to that deck if you do want to play that. I do th- I do really, really like that Phylactery combo as well. All right. Yeah, I,
2: you know. I do wonder if there's a better Deathrattle. Like, there's something we're not thinking about that isn't just Mistress, Mechathun. Like, ugh. I wonder if there's, like, a third one that we can really think about adding in there. Nothing comes to mind immediately. Like, I'm really trying to build the deck, but maybe there's something.
1: Mm. Like, what, what kind of tool would you be looking for? Because, I mean... It's unlikely you need more AOE. So, like, if it's not yeah. something that's ending the game, um, I don't know that it's necessary because it also has to be a good standalone card. That's the thing about Mistress is mm. she was just good in the deck uh, for some additional healing when you're running Plague of Flames.
0: Yeah, I was gonna suggest yeah, I, Sheep, I, but I don't know if you need the AOE in that deck.
1: That one th- oh. that there was, I had an abundance of AOE. Is was was my experience. So. Um, unless you're doing maybe cute things with Zilliax on it, and even then, like, I, yeah, I don't know, that seems a little... I, I guess maybe something like Thalnos, like, if you ever need the draw, where, the, mm-hmm.
2: where it might just be a good card by itself, like, if you're playing Coils or the Files or something like that, but, I don't know, maybe it's something to think about.
0: I guess, yeah, question, I, question real quick, because in standard I only run the Owl and the Thalnos. If I have two Mistresses of Thalnos and the Mechathene die, you only still discover the three, right? You don't discover yeah. two Mistress of Mixtures.
1: Right, it's the same thing when you discover, like, a spell from your deck with Shadow mm, Visions okay. or something. You're only, like, offered three uni- you offered three unique choices.
0: Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, I mean, that is probably a good shot, right? It's seeing a lot of playing standard to combo with stuff like Touch of the Mathrasim and Coils, so uh, it right. could be it a good shout. It was honestly the, uh, like, the 30th card that just, 31st card that just got cut,
1: um, because I couldn't, I wanted to get a little bit better, um, like, just consistent, like standalone cards in, in the deck but i could definitely see that finding a spot in mechathune where maybe you need fewer combo pieces uh, although i guess you need more combo pieces because uh, the benefit to owl lock is that it's just owl is your uh lone combo
0: piece well owl plus tampson plus wicked shipment which is basically tiny thing you... in mechathune right
1: yeah i guess so
0: but, I mean, like, I don't even know I what Mechathons look like. To be completely honest with you, <laughs> I
1: I think you probably just run the the Wicked Shipment in in Mechathun anyway. Because if you're running the Phylactery, like that that's your source of heal. The tradable mm-hmm. makes it uh, pretty valuable. So like, why run Tinyfin when if you're reducing yeah. the cost of Wicked Shipment anyway, it's just better.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, um, we, we do have two more decks to talk about here. Uh, I know we just dissed on how Free Shaman absolutely bodies these board based decks, but pretty excited about these board based decks because they have gotten a lot stronger, and they are decks that I enjoy to play, so let's kind of talk about them uh, one by one here. Handbuff paladin is the first one I want to talk about. So basically we're looking at, at two new tools here uh, for paladin specifically, In Vindicator. Stonehearth Vindicator draws a spell that costs three or less. It costs zero this turn. And uh, the hero card, Lightforged Carial. Um Basically, you take half damage uh, attached to a Consecration, and the and hand buff is a hero power. And then and the neutral card that you know, I, I wasn't completely sold on it when we did our card reviews, but I take it all back. I'm absolutely in love with this tiny little guy, uh, Iron Deep Trog, the 1-mana the one 1-2, one that after your opponent casts a spell, summon a copy of it. Um, but yeah, Trog's I mean, rule. Yeah, Trog's rule indeed. So, I mean, let's start off with Handbuff Paladin. It, it's, it's good. It is a very good deck that just doesn't seem to beat Shaman unless you're running, like, six chargers. But then, even then not 100 sold on it um i've i've only played a little bit of hand buff paladin i know corbett i think you've played a lot more than i have of specifically hand buff um yeah Mm -hmm. what are the matchups for this deck and and how are you feeling about it in the new expansion
2: uh i feel really good about hand buff um i've had a lot of fun playing it it's probably the deck that i've played um let's say it's my top three along with shaman and mage um so yeah i played a ton of it and yeah, I mean, uh a Palm feels super well rounded. That's kind of like a pretty staple thing for the deck because um it does th- it does tend to be pretty decent into more board based stuff and it does have that sort of reach from hand. So it, it it can like be able to put on enough pressure and awkwardness for things like py- uh for, against things like Odd Hunter, um has a good amount of healing and the carry all just sort of shores up some of those off-board matchups that it might have been an issue previously like i played against mizaki mage funnily enough a couple times and i played They had the carryall and the uh some funny things happened where they just kind of pointed at my face with these insane you know 50 damage combo and it's like oh, not even close um <laughs> still live with 10 um but yeah i i've really liked it um i'm playing you know among the new cards like trog uh vindicator with the noble mount um Feels really, really good. Uh, Odd Hunter doesn't like Trog on turn one um, much. And, you know, uh, I've just had a really good time with it so far. So, yeah, very impressed with Handbuff paladin. Paladin. Um, I think it's one of the strongest decks of the format, uh, actually. I think it's, uh, you know, currently it would be contending in that tier one kind of range. I think it's really, really
1: good. Mm, yeah, really? it's it's actually one of the decks that I played the most of it as well, just because uh, it, it got a lot of new cool stuff stuff the, yeah. the indicators uh you know a lot of fun like um you know there are no bad hits for her in the deck because all of your spells are premium quality like um you can draw some extra cards with christology you can get some immediate board buffs you can get some hand buffs uh, in addition like it's a really fun card um you know before the snowfall guardian thing it wasn't even that bad in into shaman because you didn't have as much of a clock uh, and the you weren't getting your board for us to turn after turn that. That certainly changes things, and, you know, you are a little bit more reliant on the chargers. But the thing about Cariel is that, like, as damage scales, which is what, like, Snowfall Guardian does and what Mazaki Mage does, even Ignite Mage does, um, her viability dramatically increases because, like, the more damage equals more reduced damage as well. So, um, you know, she she can buy you a lot of time. And in addition to the healing that you have in the deck, like you can bridge to Cariel and then recover after you've reduced a lot of damage as well. So, uh, yeah, she's been a lot of fun in in that deck. I think, um, you know, I mentioned uh, Tamsin. The the two roams are uh, maybe some of the most fun um, new hero cards that I've played, uh, you know, this expansion so far, at least the most viable. Yeah,
0: that means the the Cario, or the 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 Papa Rome hero card that comes out in the mini set is going to be absolutely busted, right? To make up for this really crappy uh, legendary. No, no, feels bad because the Rome
1: the the early iterations like the first iteration of the Romes were also uh, very good. So
0: mm.
1: no, yeah.
0: that sucks. <laughs> absolutely sucks. Uh, I mean, I guess I I will have to apologize for my lack of belief in the Trog, initially. I I have had multiple turn one concedes from Odd Hunters, uh, from these Trogs, and it is absolutely glorious. Uh, but even, like, against decks that are not the Odd Hunter, right? So against all the Shama decks and, and the combo mages, a Trog on, like, turn two or turn three, in combination with a Noble Mount or a Hand of a Doll, is absolutely gross for these decks to deal with, and it slows them down such a significant amount, right? Like... You go turn two, uh, outfitter plus trog against an APM age, and it's pretty brutal. And it buys you a couple of turns, which is a lot in our economy <laughs> when it comes to wild. Um, that's that's the thing. It does though. Like it doesn't.
1: It doesn't even have to auto win like um, immediately to be a very good card. It can just slow them down a turn or two, and that has done it. That's like that's that's a turn one or two lothub. Is that is that not good you're making your opponent pass uh, especially as a quest deck some of their most important turns i had somebody uh play a, i was playing quest rogue today because why not and i had somebody play a turn one trog and i'm just like well that's that's just like six free damage for them <laughs> like i'm not I'm not removing that i don't get to play hearthstone until turn three when i can actually like you know figure out a way to remove that and yeah it's it, it's gross like it's I think I think it's good for the format if we want it to be slower, and that's kind of what it's doing.
0: I will say uh, we have mentioned this a couple times. the The pirate warrior population has dramatically dropped off in legend, and so my reservations about trog were specifically a matchup like that, and I haven't at least experienced that myself, so I can't tell you. Oh, i how, how I played was. a trog
1: on one against pirate warrior. They it just ruined their day. They also threw a coin in for some reason, and one they they like they gave me three trogs <laughs> on turn one and. It was it was a really bad idea. I think that I had drugs on the board until about turn four or five because they just like they kept value trading and dodging cannon shots until they just like ate cannon shots that uh, you know were critical for the opponent and like I was in a spot where I was I was winning. So even even in that matchup, like it it does something like getting it, it's basically like you're coining double one drop just for. Like, you're getting two cards for one. Yeah,
0: I mean, I... Basically, I'm coming back to say I'm sorry. And I love the yeah, draw. You should be. I, and I apologize. And I'm surprised to hear you say Tier 1, though. Like, you think it's in that same conversation as Odd Hunter and Free Shaman? And, I mean, I will be real with you at Legend. I'm going to give you a hot take. I don't think Pirate Warriors is Tier 1 in Legend. I think it's pretty crap right now in, in Legend. That's Whoa. my hot take. But do you think it's in that, that Tier 1 with Free Shaman and Odd Hunter? In terms of, of power level yeah i think it's uh i think it's in that kind of range i think it's really really
2: good really um 100 percent. yeah <laughs> yeah i know uh yeah i think i think hammer pound's really good um i think it's even less likely to trickle down than Free Shaman. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to become very popular. Dude, of Paladin was, like, tier zero, and we couldn't get it above, like, 5% play rate last time. So <laughs> I don't think it's going to be happening anytime soon. But I think carryol is close to the best... is probably just the best card in the deck. I think it got enough other good stuff. Um, I think, like, as well, like, of Paladin has sort of ways navigate the format where it has like a couple of tech options where depending on where things eventually land where something like righteous defense can be very 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 good against shaman because they make a big stuff like guardian and then you just steal all the buffs and you know you can do that so that works out really well but you don't really have to be playing that kind of stuff right now um because I, I don't think the fence is amazing with the Vindicator. I think it makes things a little bit awkward when you get that as your option. Um, but yeah, I really, really like Hamlet Paladin. I think it's great. Super strong.
0: So let's let's actually transition that into maybe the the next Paladin deck uh, that I think is actually pretty damn good right now. Um, and talking specifically about Tax Paladin, uh, utilizing a lot of the same cards here uh, with Vindicator, the new carryall, Iron Deep Trog. Um, I'm actually running a one of... Uh, of the bridge one of the objective cards uh that's been surprisingly good for me we, we can maybe come back to revisit these objective cards um a little bit later but but yeah tax and kind of use utilizing that same core of new cards but using stuff like call to arms and Drekthar, with watch posts, web lords knife jugglers just annoying minions uh <laughs> i'm actually not running the secret package because it doesn't work super well with uh vindicator itself um but but yeah, I mean Tax Paladin popped off for me. I don't I don't want to say it's in that tier one range. I'm I'm not that hype about it, but I, I think this is also a lesson for me personally when it came to Cariel. because Cariel, I was like, she's a really, really good card. I just don't know if like the existing paladin decks and handbuff paladin, tax paladin want her. Turns out that, you know, you probably just run the, the busted cards and, and make room for them because they're they're really good. And this is just another example of, of it doing that. I will say, like, the tax paladin. The reason I'm hype on this is because we were talking about earlier, like, Weblords really screwing with uh, the the shaman early game and kind of the, their stall and mm-hmm. game plan. Like, when you have a watch post in a Weblord and they play an ice fishing, their combo costs like seven or eight mana instead of three, uh, which is very gross. Uh, and then just trying to kill them before they get going is the style a uh, tax paladin that I'm playing. I'm also running a copy of Dragon Breath. To try to kill them on turn five turn six and I was having a lot of success <laughs> uh against those shaman decks so that that's why I'm pretty high on tax paladin but just like combined hand and tax paladin I think are in a, a very very good spot here
1: yeah you could even uh throw in a living dragon breath in there as well because very critically I think something that we didn't touch upon is that it unfreezes your board as well so even if you get frozen uh you can unfreeze it in order to attack so it kind of doesn't work as that emergency like block that they might need so uh called arms is a good card um always has been uh drekthar is a third copy of a neutral called arms, so also a good card yeah i wonder if
2: shaman uh, i wonder if shaman are probably going to lean into devolves uh moving forward just because it's probably very good in the mirror right being able to devolve the guardian from the opponent and it also you know stops weblord um like it's like it's a really good response to web Lords and trogs and buffs and all that kind of stuff. So uh, shaman, shaman has options as well.
0: Don't don't say that. don't give them ideas. Come on, okay. <laughs> yeah. all right yeah. let's let's transition here to talking about just some maybe some highlight cards that you've been playing with that are that are standing out as pretty powerful that might not just be seeing play in these top tier decks. We've talked a lot about all the free shaman cards. We talked about trog uh we've obviously talked a little bit here about vindicator and cariel and know raffle's been hyping up tampson um but yeah are there any other cards that you guys ha- have played with that have actually been popping off super hard and like even if they're not in those top tier decks uh that they're doing what you want them to do and they're doing really well
2: well i mean siphon man meath. I, I mean it's hard of course not to, yes it's hard not to talk about the apm mage of it all um Yeah, I mean, Siphon Manor in APM Mage. Uh, Palm reading, good card. Um, (laughs) I mean, APM Mage is sort of... APM Mage is in a really weird spot, actually, um, where it's getting so much attention and hate right now in the format. It's the... You know, uh, for me personally, like, in the games that I've been playing, Mage has been basically just as popular as Shaman, where I played, like, 25% Mage and 27% Shaman. So there's a lot of it going on. at high ranks, but I just don't think it's very good. Like, I, I just think that with the way things like Shaman are built right now, with like double cults and the macos and the Lothabs and the rats, um, I think the matchup's pretty unfavorable. And I, I think that there's just like a lot of spell uh, tech running around right now. And I, I think as for as nasty and disgusting as APM Mage is, as fun as it is to play um i just don't think it's in a in a position right now where it's very strong um because it is getting so much attention uh as it is we'll, we'll see where it lands but it's just one of those things where like some decks are just much easier to counter than others right we're talking about like shaman and sort of looking at options that players can be using but shaman's super well rounded uh apm mage is not apm mage is like <laughs> if you want to push it over and kind of put it in the mud you definitely can it's
1: it's not very difficult
0: any cards from you, Ruffle?
1: I mean, I've I've been playing a boatload of cards, and I'm playing at much lower ranks than <laughs> than you guys. So I've been I've been popping off with things that have no business popping off. Today I was uh, doing some Drek'tharg, uh Miracle Priest that was uh, pretty disgusting, getting like 40 stats uh, on a you know 40 stats worth of caboose on a single minion uh, is really hard for a pirate warrior to um, to cannon through. Um, so in that deck, the uh, Gift of the Naru and um, Devour have been very good for it. Because like, what the deck used to struggle with is uh, wide board states in particular. And that just like gives you an answer to that while progressing you towards your game plan. I definitely underrated this card. Um, Otters was hanging out watching. He saw some of my high rolls and was a little bit more convinced than me that the deck was uh, legitimate. There might be a build in there that isn't the one I was playing. Uh, that, that can sneak some games in because, you know, you can run Gnome or you can, you know, do the wave uh, potion combo to steal the Snow Fury uh, Guardian as well. So, like, you know, there, there's some potential counterplay there uh, even if you get your board frozen. Um, one of my favorite things that I've done, though, is actually Miracle Warrior with uh, Glory Chaser and To the Front um, in addition to some hand buff shenanigans. And, like, that just... Uh, leads to some nutty like i i was playing old school auctioneer rogue in warrior on like <laughs> turn four like it, it was it it was outrageous so um that those are some of the the most fun decks that uh, that I've played um in addition to gaining over a thousand armor in uh, shaman with the ice cream vendor because snow <laughs> snowfall guardian also freezes your own board so you get a bunch of armor. Um, I took one to the turn limit this week. Hostage so. shaman over oh, here. No. That's gross. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, um, I just refused to attack my opponent and uh, accumulated as much armor as possible.
0: Yeah, that's gross. Ugh. That's gross. Ew. I will say, Lion Cracker. Yeah, Lion Cracker with novas. Lion cracker shaman. Yeah, no, thank you. The my most fun card has probably just been like Korak, and I had the dream of I went like turn three or uh, turn three Korak off of the sketchy information into turn four full board with umbra and even though i lost that game because it was against an auto hunter and i was dead the next turn i i lived the dream and it was really really cool i will say korak has like the best diamond animation of any diamond card that they've ever done so far like you guys just take a look at it it's so it's so good
1: you you talked about the uh uh like the i don't know what we call them the locations the the
0: objectives yeah
1: objectives uh, you know, shout out to Dane. He's been doing a lot of nutty things with his, uh, usual big rogue shenanigans and the, the doubling, the, uh, the battle cry. Uh, can get you on, along with sketchy information, can get you online pretty quickly with that deck. He's, uh, he's been posting some silly screenshots and, uh, ridiculous, uh, highlights of, uh, of that deck. So that's one I'm curious to try. Um, it's got some decent defense. It's, it's just another one of those rogue high rolls, like, uh, like dragons, like, uh, the Edwin, um, it's maybe not uh, super competitive, but it's pretty fun.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I mean, basically, we've, we've only been playing for three or four days. So we totally might have missed something. Uh, But that's just kind of what we've been playing with uh, this week. Uh, and I do want to wrap up the, the episode this week, just kind of taking a little bit of a step back and maybe just looking big picture. I know it is a little bit early, like I just mentioned, but just kind of talking about where decks might start fitting into this piece of the puzzle that is the metagame. Um, and so, like I was mentioning... At High Legend, or just like in Legend in general, you know, prior to the expansion, we were always talking about Odd Hunter Pirate Warrior is like the top dogs, right? And then it, it feels like, at least personally, Pirate Warrior has just very drastically fallen off, right? Just because of the really, really poor matchup into the Free Shaman deck. And also, like we were talking about Handbuff Paladin being really, really strong. And it feels like Handbuff Paladin is really, really strong into this Warrior deck. So kind of just in general, what are y'all's thoughts about like the the early front runners, uh, the decks that you need to be keeping an eye on, and, or you know thinking about when you guys are deck building. Like, is it still Odd Hunter and now Free Shaman taking the place of that Pirate Warrior, uh, or is there another deck that we should be talking about?
1: I mean, I, we we talked about this, but my view is a little bit skewed because um, you know the mm-hmm. um, prevalence of decks at the rank band that I'm typically at in the diamond range. Uh, has a much higher popularity of Warrior because, um, you know, it's still early. Things in Standard even take, uh, you know, some time to trickle down the the ladder, but in Wild especially, for whatever reason, um, it, it moves slower. And, you know, people like playing a single deck. That's some of the draw for some people for the format, so it's understandable that it takes them longer to move off of something like a Pirate Warrior. But, I mean, it's still it's not just me we we checked the vs stats um which my shockingly my stats my personal stats lined up almost exactly with the uh, the population stats on uh, the vicious syndicate for um you know this this week and it's to, it is a quarter warrior which i mean that like if you're playing at that rank band um which you know could include if you're in low legend as well a mm-hmm. uh, uh, pirate warrior needs to be a deck that you consider i don't think that you can just shift your focus to shaman uh just yet now what might happen in in those rank bands is even if people don't shift even if those pirate warrior players don't shift to shaman if players start shifting to shaman they're going to start punishing the pirate warrior which may decrease its popularity people don't like playing the same deck if it if it's not winning mm-hmm. um it's but at the same time i don't know kind of like handbuff paladin you talked about the uh the flexibility of it it feels like the way that Pirate Warrior is right now, it kind of just has the juice and the flexibility. It effectively has two stages of a game plan. And those two stages are very different. It can rush you down and then close with the Juggernaut to where it doesn't feel like it's out of any game until it's over. And so I wouldn't necessarily, I'm I'm not counting Pirate Warrior out, even if we do see an uptick in, in Free Shaman. Um, a deck to look out for, though, is maybe Odd Hunter, because it has good matchups into both of those. And so that's um, that's of maybe concern and note. So uh, that's a deck that you have to keep in the back of your mind, but it's very hard to play a deck that's good into Odd Hunter and uh, Free Shaman and Pirate Warrior. It's almost as if the Free Shaman is just kind of taking the place of the, the even lock decks like is because it, it pushes them out because it doesn't let them attack like it doesn't matter how many eight eights if, are on the board if they can't attack so we've still got a bit of a triad unless um you know hand buff paladin is in fact the the real deal so i i don't know that much has necessarily changed you've just kind of like even lock has just kind of tagged out and uh, brought in uh the the free shaman and um i think that maybe they have similar matchups into those other two decks, right? Like, it beats Pirate Warrior, loses to Odd Hunter miserably. Um, so, same, but different? <laughs> I think that's uh, that's a beautiful way to put it. I
2: think that um, you completely nailed it in terms of... Um... You know, just comparing those two matchups because, I mean, you think back to everything that we said throughout the podcast when talking about Free Shaman, you know, we're talking about these early game decks with Reach and, you know, that kind of weakness and talk about things like Even Hunter and uh, Odd Hunter and those are the, exactly the types of things that even Warlock was struggling against. Um, it is kind of funny that, uh, you know, it is early days. Um, everyone's rushing to post the front page of HS Replay wild win rates and be like, oh, Pirate Warrior, Odd Hunter still broken. But we are obviously seeing a bit of a shift. You know, there are, it's going to be different. It's not going to be a completely revamping of the entire format, but, you know, this is wild. It's never going to be like that, or very rarely. Um, and so, yeah, we, we are going to see some some changes. Uh, the, the interesting thing to me is, I suppose, just how well a deck like Shaman is doing into a very established field. Um, like Shaman is new it's been around for four or five days and it's already really really good and the play bases seem to have picked it up and sort of refined it it feels like uh, relatively quickly um, you know especially against things like Pirate Warrior and Old Hunter which were already sort of figured out um, and so it has been quite quick uh, to sort of change um, moving forward uh, like I think Pirate Warrior is still going to be really good you know I, I, I think that deck's still going to be the nuts um I don't think things are going to be changing too much. Just the the Warlock population decreasing is noteworthy because this is probably the weakest we've seen Warlock, at least, you know, out of the gate, since ever. I, I don't remember a time where Warlock has been in a weaker position. And it's not like Warlock is pathetic. It's not like it's terrible. It's just kind of average, which is,
0: like, super weird. It's weak for Warlock when it's average. I will say... I, I know we're talking about like free shaman bullying the even warlocks, but I've actually been a really big fan of even warlock towards the end of United in Stormwind because for me it beat up on those pirate warriors and with a very like with the build that I was running, I had like a seventy five percent win rate into odd hunter. It's literally like I'm gonna drop two giants. I'm gonna hope you don't have a hunter's mark and then I'm gonna kill you sort of thing before you can kill me. Um, you know, shout outs to Raffle who has been piloting this advocate <laughs> uh, this. Uh, strategy of even lock in a very long for a very long time. But I wonder if you like take out a couple of those cards and just like I wonder how much the additions of stuff like Weblords actually help those evenlock matchups. Um I know I know windchills exist and, and those suck against giants, but like cult Neophytes and Weblords, does that help maybe enough against the Shaman to give it a respectable matchup there? Where then you can utilize its really really strong matchups into the Hunter and the Warrior.
2: I will I'm say concerned. something funny. The the even warlock doesn't have access to living dragon breath, but I have seen a wailing soul or two, um, <laughs> which is a very funny counter, and uh, it's looked actually okay.
1: Jesus, <laughs> my m- my concern is that if you're running web lords, you're like, and your goal is to slow down the opponent, you're kind of like playing against the strength of your own deck, I mm-hmm. guess is, um, because. Like a Weblord only attacks for one is my concern there. And you're potentially like delaying your giants a turn in order to um get the Weblord down. So that would be my hesitation. But like people had success with Weblord just into the um the Pirate Warrior Dark Lair metagame. So it's certainly not going to be like a you know, deck destroying card that you that you run. I, I just um it's not necessarily my preference for um for where the deck would go, but it could be the answer to where things are going with the uh, the meta game right now.
0: Yep, I I do think that we're in a really weird spot, right? As it always is. I feel like when it comes to branding, especially we don't have a seed lock. At least it doesn't feel like we have a seed lock just yet. Where a super dominant deck, I might have just jinxed it with the free shaman. Hope hopefully not. But but yeah, I mean it feels like this is kind of what we used to expect prior to United and Stormwind, where we got like this like, significant shakeup of, like, one or two decks getting these really significant buffs, and it's interesting to see how it, like, shook up the metagame. You know, that in Stormwind was an anomaly. We're back to our normal, our normal programming here in Wild, and I don't know. I Even if Free Shaman is very annoying to play against, I'm down for it. Like, it's it's a control deck, right? The, the closest thing we have to a control deck outside of, like, Reno Evenlock, and I'm down for it. That. People are always talking about, I want control in Wild, and now we have one, and if they don't like it, then... You know what? What are they gonna complain about now? <laughs> I mean, well, you're you're not gonna bait me
2: into this conversation yeah. about uh, controls. <laughs> okay, I, I,
0: until you said something, I almost
1: took the bait, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going for it. I'm sure people in the comments will uh, will definitely let you have it about uh, calling a deck that's uh, you know casting Wind Furies on fifteen fifteen's a, a control deck. Um, but that aside, like, I mean, the reason we don't have uh maybe a a new uber broken deck is because um we we already had two going into this <laughs> and the fact that a deck like free shaman can even like reach that level is absurd like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how outrageous it was that we had three tier one decks and just blanks underneath that right like these decks it cannot be overstated they were far 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 ahead of everything else and in a metagame that's you know pretty unlike anything we've ever seen before, so like, yeah, we didn't get new broken stuff. we have the same <laughs> we have we have the same uh, you know old broken stuff, and then a deck that does well into one of those broken stuff and uh many other decks as well. so um, yeah, I like I think that United and Stormwood was an anomaly. This is more of what we would expect um from a new expansion where one archetype. Gets created and then, a, you know, a few others get bolstered to the point of, uh, you know, being much more relevant than they were in the past, and that's that's typically what we see within the format. United um, United and Stormin again, um, very much an anomaly.
2: I guess uh, for me, the sort of the three big things that I'm keeping an eye on really is like one, what happens to APM Mage if the amount of tech goes away because. It's completely unwarranted right now, like just how much absurd hate it's kind of getting. Well, I said it's unwarranted. It made it very, very popular, but um, it probably shouldn't be given its win rate, I don't think. So we'll see if that popularity declines, whether the hate declines, and then we'll kind of see where APM Mage lands, because that is a very interesting deck in a more sort of open field. Um, the other things I am interested in is seeing Shadow Priest. Like what happens with Shadow Priest? I think Shadow Priest has been super underrated for a really long time. Um, and I think that's another deck that could actually be very good into Shaman right because again it's that offboard damage that we've been talking about and dude it's been the entire podcast we've been talking for an hour and I think this is the first time we're mentioning Shadow Priest like no one's playing the deck really Um, but it's probably a super super sleeper and you know again will Warlock bounce back because there are sort of you know tech options available to it Um, it hasn't really been great into Hunter for a while but um, it'll all just depend really on whether it can answer Shaman and, you know, just how prevalent Warrior is moving forward. Like, is Warrior actually gonna keep declining at legend? I don't think so. Maybe a little bit, but I think Warrior is still really good no matter what the popularity is of uh of Shaman.
0: Yep. Alright. So we're gonna come back in a week and we're gonna replay this and we're gonna eat our words and say, Oh my god, Pirate Warrior sucks and free Shaman is the worst thing to happen to the format, even worse than Demon Seed And uh and yeah. And we're we're gonna we're gonna cry about the meta next week and evaluate where we're at and i don't know so do you know this is completely off topic and horrible transition and i apologize but i do know that they do plan a balance patch after an expansion do we know when we would expect news of that if there I is would...
2: a world championship in a week so there will be no balance changes coming this week mm-hmm. um, then they're on a very very tight window to get things done before the holidays and so if there is going to be a balance patch
1: it would be on like the 21st Ugh, that's like I, cutting things really tight I th- I think it would uh, so as bad as things could possibly get I think it would be a really bad idea to do a balance patch going into the uh, the holiday week which would be the 21st um, just because as we talked about there are consequences to changing the metagame that could make players a lot w- less happy so it, like something needs to be egregiously broken for that to be the case uh, because there are consequences to that and that they won't be able to fix because they'll be on vacation for at least the rest of the week. If like, I mean, anybody that's worked in an office knows that it's a ghost town for the week yeah. before and after uh, Christmas because like you use, you have to use your holiday days uh, if they don't roll over in some cases. And like you get good value for your days off too because there are so few like actual days in office that you might as well just take two weeks off, which is what a lot of people do. And Quite frankly like deserve like take holiday days like and so um i would not i would be shocked um if we got uh balance changes before next year like that's that but you, again i mentioned this a lot but uh the the game designers developers are people and they operate as people in an office like they're people and like that's been my experience um you know working in an office um you know, I used to just go in and like kick my feet up those few days because no one else was there but uh uh but a lot of people do uh you know use those as uh as time off to spend with their family like like again mm-hmm. they should so i i would be surprised if we got um balance changes before the end of the year just because of personnel reasons there's not gonna be that many people in the office
2: yeah i i remember that the wild growth nerfs were around the seventeenth of December and that's like earlier than what we're going to be able to do this time like now we're going to be even tighter and the earliest ones in the new year i think were like necrum apothecary which was around the 8th or the 9th of january um so i don't think there's ever been a nerf that's been in that like first week of jan and never
1: been anything that's close to christmas so and i wouldn't like another thing to consider is that deploying a patch isn't just flipping a switch like they have to Mm. there's pre-work involved in that there's a lot of uh effort involved in like the, the days leading up to it as well as the mm-hmm. days following it to, to check to make sure everything go, goes through from a technical standpoint. So it's not just like make change to card. There's, you know, we've talked about in the past about localization being an issue, so they may not even be able to change anything other than numbers. So uh, again, I wouldn't expect a noticeable balance change until um, until after the holiday, with the exception being maybe raising some mana costs if need be. but But, but that would, again, be a surprise going into... Uh, the world championship and then following that with the holidays
0: yeah i'm not i, I do want to just recap i'm I'm not saying that there's things that need to be nerfed i have no idea what the standard landscape was looking like i played a day and a half of Al OTK, and that's it and so i have no idea any other decks or any other power levels i just know that they normally do schedule a balance change so i did figure i would bring it up uh bring it up and see but uh i mean i, mean, I don't know i'm enjoying the format are you guys enjoying the form i guess like that's the the main question here are you guys enjoying playing in High Valley? I'm enjoying the format
1: when I'm not queuing into Odd, Hunter, and Pirate Warrior just because, like, I, I know it's selfish. I know not everybody bought the new expansion, bought a lot of packs, but, like, I want to see new cards. Like, I'm playing new cards. I want to see how they go, and I want to see other people's new cards so that I can, like, see cool things and want to do... You want to steal someone's deck to be honest like uh so and like i was pretty burnt out on uh pirate warrior in particular and to a lesser extent odd hunter going into the expansion so like seeing that at 25 percent still just as you know it, it feels bad and like at that rank band i can only see it increasing if uh unless Shaman starts coming back because there are are some people that like moved off of pirate warrior to test new cards, but you know, when it's climb time, they're gonna, they're going to swap back to it and, you know, just jam what appears to be the the best deck right now. Um, so yeah, like I, I am enjoying the new cards. I'm enjoying when I get to play the new cards, but I don't feel like I get to play the new cards when I play against odd hunter and pirate warrior.
2: Yeah. Um, for me, the uh, the meta isn't completely radically different, um, obviously, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so it's not really been a dramatic shakeup, but I guess I am enjoying the sort of problem-solving aspect. Like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, th- this new meta, and I'm trying to, like, look at all these new cards and figure out what we need to do. But um, I don't know. Like, it- it's been all right. Uh, definitely not one of my most favorite launches ever, but it's also super early, so... We'll see. Um overall though I would say like I, I had a lot of time off from Wild WoW, so you know, I, I didn't stream for uh, you know, two or three weeks there basically. Uh so I still feel pretty refreshed and like, you know, good to go and, you know, keep playing, keep streaming and doing all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm with you, Raffle. There are there are definitely overtuned decks that I mean, Shaman might be one of those overtuned decks and it really does feel like they still are running the format, but i I don't know, it, it does feel like at least Maybe it's because decks that I enjoy got major buffs where I am really enjoying it, like the Paladin decks I'm really enjoying playing. I've always enjoyed playing Shaman, so seeing a Shaman deck be Tier 1 even if it's not the way that I envisioned the Shaman deck being Tier 1 is is still enjoyable. Um, and yeah, like I don't know. I, I had this conversation with somebody on, on Twitter and in, in my Twitch chat. Like, I feel like it's... I feel like we're a little bit biased when we want a whole bunch of change. With new expansions, given that we are playing, we we are still playing an eternal format, right? And so it's, I don't know i i told I told people in my Twitch chat like it, it's kind of naive to expect huge changes every expansion when we're talking about an eternal format. Like we were talking about Pirate Warrior and Odd Hunter are these really powerful overtuned decks, and we're talking about Free Shaman competing with those decks as being a really really powerful thing, which means it's also doing really stupid overpowered overtuned stuff. And so in order, or in order to shake up the meta, you have to have some degenerate stuff happening. Um, well, unless, like, you know, just come, in, like, wide-sweeping nerfs, which is not something they tend to do. <laughs> so so for what I expected, I am actually thoroughly enjoying I think there's just a lot of new cards that are really, really cool. Like, carryol is pretty awesome. Vindicator is pretty awesome. The Trog is pretty freaking awesome. Um, as annoying as Windchill is, I, I really like Windchill, and I think it's a really powerful tool. Maybe a little bit too powerful, but we'll see. But but yeah, I don't know. Personally, I, I am still enjoying it. Like you said, playing with new cards is is fun. I
1: no, I I will freely admit that I personally am absolutely biased because Pirate Warrior is one of the most uniquely frustrating experiences f- for me, uh, mm-hmm. as personally and like I think it's severely limiting for um, creativity within the the format. Which like you know, for from a competitive standpoint, is meaningless. But like I don't play the game competitively. It's, it's very similar to um the issue that we had with um with questline warlock and it you know it creates a similar window i don't think that an aggro deck should have the late game inevitability that a pirate warrior does um so that's that's my stance on it like i i can stomach uh you know losing to, to quest hunter if i'm you know building my deck too greedy but if i'm playing a control deck i shouldn't be getting outvalued um by a pirate warrior is is why I feel this way so like my my frustration i think is uniquely targeted at a particular deck that i've been queuing into just ad nauseum for the um you know what feels like months now
2: yeah yeah um and i guess like while we're sort of airing it <laughs> um i will say this meta this meta does feel very tech heavy um again that is probably very different but this my own experiences um whether it's just because Shaman is playing like double call, double rat, Lothar, because yada yada yada. Um, or just like other decks are running like tons of tons of tech um in random spots. And those kind of formats are never really my favorite. Like I don't really like tech heavy metas, uh, no matter what, because I don't like strategies being I don't really like hard tech uh like invalidating sort of strategies, whether it's like rebukes You know just in hamper paladin or something which is kind of the type of thing that i've seen a lot of right now um and it usually indicates something's going a little bit wrong i would say and i think again a lot of that's targeted at mage and we'll see where things go when mage declines and we see a more even spread where you know shaman and warrior and hunter and stuff pop up a bit more um but yeah that's kind of been the big theme i i guess that i've seen a lot of in the early days
1: corb just takes it as a personal attack when people q- attack against mage i think they, yeah really i know important.
2: i do 100 yeah, yeah yeah how dare they every Why time they he sees a another
0: another name in the book right every time he sees a love <laughs> that played against him <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean we'll come back in a, in a week and we'll, we'll see if we're feeling the same way uh and i hope you guys are all out at least trying to enjoy the new expansion uh the best that you guys can and uh, thank you guys again for listening to the episode all the way to here to the end. And uh, Raffle and Corbett, thank you so much for uh, joining me again week after week. Uh, let the people know where they can find you playing a whole bunch of brand new powerful Mimi decks. Sure. I,
1: I, I believe one of those adjectives applies to me. Um, I had to keep adding them until I,
0: I fit both of you guys because I really... <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at RaffleHS and uh, Twitch and YouTube at Ruffle. And you can find me at Corbett Games on all those platforms, um, playing
2: non-Mimi, powerful, kind of new decks. Uh, but yeah, thanks guys for listening and watching.
0: Yeah. You guys can find me at Get Me Up, Twitter, YouTube, all that kind of good stuff. Again, hope you guys are enjoying the expansion. And uh, thank you guys again for listening all the way to the end. And we'll see you guys again next week. Later.